is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hello, everybody. Uh, Today, we're going to do our show on Absurd Psychology on anger management, finding happiness in hell. <laughs> here's, some, here's some strange ways people have expressed their anger. Uh, one person created a parking ticket, and this is for people who park like in double space parking and all that kind of stuff. And they said, thanks for the way you parked your car, you ignorant bastard. Uh, thanks to your asinine way of parking, you've taken enough room for a mule team of 20, two elephants, one goat, and an entire tribe of pygmies. I hope your children get hooked on drugs. (laughs) That's one way, too. And I felt like saying that the other day, actually, outside of a store. I was there. There were somebody was double parked. (laughs) Here's a sign that somebody put. um, Stealing plants is low and selfish act. What is next? Punching kittens? You suck. (laughs) Uh, here's a, a business card to cell phone users uh, when you're such as uh, in an open space or an airport or somewhere where uh, everybody seems to think that it's okay for everybody to hear your conversations. We're all aware of your conversations about your pregnancy test results and your husband's vasectomy four years ago is very important to you. But we don't give a shit. Can you go somewhere else and talk? Uh, You may not have gotten the uh, content of what was being said there. Uh, Here's somebody who actually published a video on Facebook, and they did this from their uh, camera overlooking their pool. Dear neighbors, I would thought you would like to see what you were doing in our jacuzzi last night. Our pool video surveillance caught it all. Of course, you left your empty alcohol bottles, climbed our fence after we went inside, didn't ask and didn't tell your spouses. We won't have to either. If it weren't for the fact that you are ugly, 40-some-year-old people and having sex, we would ask you politely to leave. We would appreciate you and your families cleaning our jacuzzi of your fluids. We do have to give it to you, though. How you got your fat asses over the fence is a miracle. Lucky we didn't release our pit bull and chihuahua on you and watched you try to get back over. (laughs) So there are some ways... That people have relieved their frustration by uh, various methods of communication with people that have offended them. Now, here's the deal about anger management. Anger management is generally a court-ordered program. Uh, Sometimes it is a marriage-ordered program or a relationship-ordered program, meaning that the spouse says, hey, uh, you got to do something about this or we're going to end it. And it's appropriate because, you know, anger is a very primitive emotion. And if you look at something called emotional intelligence, you're going to find that anger is one of the most primitive 
emotions that we have. And the truth is, they call it anger management because you have to manage your anger before it comes rage. Because When it becomes rage, rage is the most uncontrollable emotion we have. We throw out all of our pretenses, our values, and basically go at it with every bit of energy that we possibly can, destroying relationships, people, saying things that we may not have intended. Rage really has no filter. And that is what you want to prevent. And that's why they call it anger management, because they want you to have anger, but they want you to be able to manage it. The society, people, all of us want people to be able to manage their anger in a way that they maintain their integrity, don't overdo it, and uh, don't go to rage where they end up destroying things. You know, there's two roots to rage, and this is my theory. And um, I've found this in our human nature. The two roots come from two very different things. One of them is disrespect. People, when they feel like they're not heard, disrespect and not being heard coincide. They go together. They may not be defined the same way, but they mean the same thing. So when you're going to disrespect somebody by not listening to them, and that could be talking over them, just not hearing them, uh, basically forgetting everything they say, Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to find a person that is tapping into their rage towards you. They may not be expressing it, but they are going to have resentment towards you. And over time, that finds itself into all kinds of different punishments. In relationships, oftentimes it finds itself in a withdrawing of sex, a withdrawing of uh, time together, a withdrawing of conversation. It can happen in many different ways, but basically it's a statement saying you do not respect me so I'm not going to spend time with you or give you pleasure. And so uh, that that deep, deep disrespect is something that all of us have felt from different people and rage is at the bottom of it. And it comes out of us in different ways, either subtly or extremely get in their face and just start going at it with them. The second root is also extremely strong, and both of, both of these are brainstem reactions. They're very basic reactions, and, and that other root is fear. If, if we are afraid, uh, then we tend to go to rage, and it may not be expressed at the moment towards the object that is causing us fear, but what happens is the reaction to it after, once we feel safe, is about getting vengeance or seeking to right the wrongs that were done when we were afraid. Because fear is an ultimate disrespect, again, of our human spirit. It basically demeans us. If we have to be afraid of someone or something, that means that thing is more powerful than us, and we take that as a challenge. And our human nature is that to strike back in many regards. Uh, you know, There are many philosophies like Buddhism that say don't do that, but it is in our nature to have that instinct, and we have to manage that. So, so here's that, that is essentially where we find anger turning into rage, and that's what gets the human beings in trouble. Those are the two triggers, disrespect and fear. That's my opinion. Also, uh, we must be aware of our rage and where it ties back to. And that is why we look at those roots. Those roots help us understand, well, was I disrespected or was I afraid? And here's the other thing, you know, when we don't trust somebody or we trusted somebody and we've learned we can't trust them, uh, 
We not only feel both disrespected, but we also feel afraid of them because we can't count on them anymore. And that is the root of all arguments that we have and all disputes that we have in all of the human communication that there is. They all root back to one thing, and that is called distrust. Also, uh, what makes people angry most is a sense of feeling a loss of control. And what makes us feel even more uh, afraid or angry is if people have witnessed it. Um, so th the losing of control, many people are extreme control freaks and they have to be able to control everything in their life, every single thing. And the problem is, is that we are not given the godlike ability to control others, control ourselves, control our children, control a whole lot of things. We can try, we can influence, we can do a lot of punitive things to try to restrict people, but the bottom line is you're never going to completely control them because we're not with them 24 by 7, and even if we are, they're still going to have the, the will uh, to do what they want to do. And they, that may not be something that meets our approval. And, and here's the other thing. The root, and this is my opinion again, the root of all psychosis, if you look at the DSM-5, the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health, if it is not an organic mental disorder, the root of all psychosis, all symptoms leading up to a diagnosis, has to do with how a person tries to cope with being able to control something they cannot control. All psychosis, which is exactly what rage is, is caused by the need to control something that we cannot control. And we try to control it. And it's a very strange thing, but that is the psychology of anger. And it may be over some people's head. Maybe I've hit the target with folks. But if you understand it, you have a better sense of how to manage it. And the other thing is, if you're angry, the person who's made you angry is now in control of you. So the people that are angry think they're in control, but the truth is, is the people that are judging them and standing back and absorbing are the people that have ultimately caused them to go into a psychosis. Therefore, the person that caused the psychosis is the person in control. Some people get off on that. Some people love to make people angry because they love to see, you know, if you could put a crazy button on somebody and all of a sudden they're just like, ah, they completely go crazy. Wouldn't that be fun just to push a button and all of a sudden they go into a psychosis? I mean, that's kind of uh, the, the, the goal of some people that love to make people angry. Uh, people that love to uh, uh, get in debates tend to love to get people angry and they love to people get in the psychosis. Now, there are several kinds of anger disorders, categories where people are angry. You know, the, the biggest one is, is uh, verbal, you know, the, the, the individuals that have chronic anger. That's the one that we all find in anger management classes. This is this is prolonged anger. It's like they continuously carry it with them. Um, these kind of people, they often have a very low immune system. Their white blood cell count is usually extremely low. And they usually are carrying a fairly uh, depressing or, or uh, anxious type of personality with obviously some mental health issues. But the chronic anger, the one that continues to live in anger, uh, 
means that there is a disrespect out there or a fear that they have that looms over their life that they cannot control. So they live in this state of insecurity and they carry that chronic anger with them. Also, then there's that we've, we've heard many times about the passive aggressive. Well, the passive anger is also the most common and, and these people don't come across angry and these people can be very hard to identify, but once in a while when you hit their trigger, they go from the most calm, uh, wonderful person into the angriest, loudest, meanest person you'll ever see. And those passive anger people, that means they're not managing their anger well, they're just stuffing it. And it's like a teapot. Eventually, if you overheat it, it will blow. And when it blows, everybody's going to know about it. And that can be extremely dangerous for a passive person because they may not be ready for the reaction that they're going to get from other people. Now, overwhelmed anger. This is uh, where life's demands are just too much on a person. They feel like they can meet nobody's needs, including their own, that they're overspent, have no way to recover, are beginning to feel helpless, and they just carry the sense of insecurity with them that they're, they're just never good enough. And that anger is caused by that overwhelming feeling. And they take it out on the people that are closest to them because they don't know how to release it. And they don't know exactly why they're in the state of mind that they're in. Now there's also self-inflicted anger which is directed towards the self and it's usually caused by feelings of guilt. This is a weird one because sometimes we find it in a physical way but also we find it in self-sabotage. You know, some people will just uh, open up information to other people about them uh, to basically cause a destructiveness towards their nature. Uh, they will uh, hurt themselves. They may cause physical hurt to themselves, Get break their arm, break their leg, hit their face. They do all kinds of stuff because they don't know what to do with their anger and they don't want to hurt anybody else. They feel like they're responsible and they need to be punished and they give that to themselves. Um, this is very sad to see, but it is something that is very common. Judgmental anger. Now, there's a lot of people who love to judge. Unfortunately, most of them don't like to point the finger at themselves. They would rather judge everybody else and talk about how everyone else is insecure. As a matter of fact, some people will make a whole life about surrounding themselves with people that are much more self-destructive than they are so they can judge them and they even marry people like that so they can judge them poorly and it makes them look good. It's kind of like if you're a fat person and you marry a fatter person, well, then everybody's going to look at the other and not you. I mean, that's not a good thing. And, you know, fat, there's nothing wrong with fat, but, you know, fat can be healthy. It's just, it's just the bottom line is, is that People, when they have insecurities about certain parts of themselves, they will often try to find someone that has a bigger problem than them so they can avoid themselves. Also, there's volatile anger. Uh, these are spontaneous and excessive and violent. And these people is usually uh, this uh, volatile anger is are people that just kind of walk around with a chip on their shoulder. And if it, they're having a bad day, having a bad moment, feeling insecure, feeling exposed, they have a tendency to make it blow. Now, this is important to define these kinds of anger because if we don't define it, then we're not able to solve it. Now, what causes, uh, what causes people in a common daily life to things that cause people to get angry? And that are, those things are stress, uh, financial issues, abuse, uh, poor social or family situations, uh, overwhelming requirements on your time and energy can all contribute to uh, the formation of anger.
As with disorders such as, such as alcoholism, anger issues may be more prevalent and drug uh, over people that use drugs. Uh, anger issues may be more prevalent to individuals who were raised by their parents with the same disorder. Uh, so oftentimes this stuff is passed on from generation to generation. Genetics and your body's ability to deal with certain chemicals and hormones may also play a role in how you deal with anger. I mean, bottom line is menopause can throw a woman from being an extremely peaceful human being to a raging tiger. Um, you know, um, as we covered in the last episode, the midlife crisis could throw people from one sense of very unhappy to extremely happy, which may be uh, destructive too, like going to Vegas and spending all your money. You know, if your brain doesn't react normally to serotonin, you might find it more difficult to manage your emotions. Now, serotonin is a chemical that is in an antidepressant. And it's basically what call, what uh, paves and lays down those neurological highways that we need to get to our prefrontal cortex so that we can be thoughtful, uh, intelligent people. And so serotonin, if uh, we are not used to serotonin uh, or we get depleted of serotonin, that can cause our brain to go into a tailspin where we feel out of control chemically. And therefore, we can't put our thumb down on what's causing us to feel this way but we're feeling angry, and that's because our brain is maladjusted at that, at, at that state. Also, understanding anger is extremely important. It's neither good nor bad. Anger actually can be an incredible motivator. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, like a hockey team, if you get them angry, uh, they get in fights, and then the next thing you know, they're out there playing their best hockey. I mean, it's not always a bad thing to have anger. You just don't want to spend your whole life using it as your motivator. You also uh, want to understand that it's just an emotion, and emotions are meant to be managed. They're not meant to lead our life. If we use an emotion to define who we are, that's going to take a lot of energy. If I'm going to define myself as an angry person, it takes a lot of energy to continue to be angry. You know, I would much rather be a peaceful person grabbing at whatever emotions I need at the time and living more gracefully and having the ability to tap into my, my uh, ability and insight to see things that uh, maybe I wouldn't see if I was in a state of anger. You can learn to express your emotions without hurting other people. And that's what this whole show is going to be about. And that's what we're going to start diving into is how to master this anger and how to manage it and how to make it work for us and make it practice for us. And the payoff is huge because when you learn to control your anger and express it appropriately, you can build great relationships. You can achieve goals. You can live a healthier life. You can live a more satisfying life. You can actually live longer without stress. And people will trust you if they know that you're angry and how you manage your anger and they can trust you managing your anger, that actually brings on enormous relationships and respect for you. And so that's something I encourage us to do. This is what we're going to try to accomplish in this show. And I hope you will all come back. Thank you for listening. This is Absurd Psychology with Dr. Gary Bell. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Heer. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about anger management today and uh, how to solve that anger issue. Also, before we go into this, I'm gonna. Uh, I wanted to uh, cover some absurd cross-cultural advertising gaffes. <laughs> and this, these are things that I found out there on the internet that I thought were extremely funny. When Kentucky Fried Chicken entered the Chinese market, to their horror, they discovered that their slogan "Finger Licking Good" came out as "Eat Your Fingers Off." <laughs> Ford introduced the Pinto in Brazil. And we're talking about Ford Motor Company. After watching sales go nowhere, the company learned that Pinto is a Brazilian slang word for tiny male genital, genitals. <laughs> Quickly, they changed that name. <laughs> no wonder the cars didn't sell. Tiny male genitals. <laughs> when uh, Pepsi entered the Chinese market a few years ago, the translation to their slogan, Pepsi brings you back to life, was a little more literal than they intended. In Chinese, the slogan meant... Pepsi brings your ancestors back from the grave. <laughs> Coors, Coors Beer put its slogan, turn it loose in, into Spanish, where it was read as, 
suffer from diarrhea. <laughs> and they wondered why their sales in, in Spanish Latin America didn't go over too well. Turn it loose <laughs> means suffer from diarrhea. <laughs> uh, Scandinavian vacuum manufacturer Electrolux, which you could probably find in your local Walmart, used the following in an American campaign. Nothing sucks like an Electrolux. <laughs> The Dairy Association's huge success with the campaign Got Milk prompted them to expand their advertising in Mexico. It was soon brought to their attention that in Spanish translation, Got Milk meant you are lactating. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to talk about the myths of anger. And uh, as we uh, move into this segment of the show, it's important. I want to try to be as constructive as possible. We can sit around and talk about anger all day long, but we want to get down to the triggers and how to manage it. Now, here's some myths. Here, I shouldn't hold in my anger. It's healthier to vent and let it out. Well, the fact is that while it's true that suppressing and ignoring anger is unhealthy, venting is no better because it's not something you have to let out in an aggressive way in order to avoid blowing up. In fact, outbursts and tirades only fuel the fire and reinforce your anger problem. Now, I'm going to give this to you in a very simple way, and I do this in, in therapy, uh, especially with children. If I give a child a stuffed animal and I, I give them two. I give them one that squeaks and these are dog toys by the way. One that squeaks and it's a monkey and the other is a monkey that looks exactly the same but doesn't squeak. Here's the deal. If I were a bully and a bully is often using anger in an inappropriate way. If I were a bully, if I were a dog, let's say, uh, which toy would I want to chew up? And the, the answer repeatedly in, instinctually is going to be the one that squeals. And the one that squeals is probably going to have the squealer torn out of its body. And the reason is because the animal, which we are animals too, we're animals and we're human. We're both. We have both natures within us. That animal nature within us wants to rip out the squeaky. We, we obsess on that because it makes us feel powerful. And when it's squeaking, the dog is thinking, I'm tearing this apart. My master must think I'm an incredibly uh, intelligent, incredible dog. And if they play with the toy that doesn't squeak, they get no satisfaction whatsoever. Oftentimes, the toys that don't squeak find themselves in the corner, never to be seen again or played with again. So in the bully theory, if you're going to be the squeaky monkey, you're probably going to be the target of a bully. If you're a person that is extremely reactive to other people and angry and you respond to people that d disrespect you or you're afraid of and you, give, you show that to them, these bullies love that and they will exploit you to the end. The key is if you're going to deal with angry people, you want to be able to walk away because they look like complete fools. If they're going to throw a temper tantrum and you're not going to jump in the ring with them, you look like the smarter person. Uh, that angry person is finally going to have to listen to themselves and they're also going to have to dig themselves out of the fact that they look like a complete ass to everybody around them. They're the ones that are going to be angry at themselves and recognize quicker that they have a problem. You never want to feed a bully. You never want to react to them. You want to walk away. You always want to walk away and that is how you deal with angry people also.
Anger, here's another myth. Anger, aggression, intimidation help me earn respect and get what I want. True power doesn't come from bullying others. People may be afraid of you, but they don't respect you if you can't control yourself or handle uh, opposing viewpoints. Other bills, others will be more willing to listen to you and accommodate your needs if you communicate in a respectful way. Here's another myth. I can't help myself. Anger isn't something you can control. Well, you can't always control the situation you're in or how it makes you feel, but you can control how to express your anger. And you can express your anger without being verbally or physically abusive. Even if someone is pushing your buttons, you always have a choice how to respond. Now, here's the deal. What would you rather me do? Yell at somebody and go, I am so angry. I can't believe you did this, blah, blah, blah. Or would you rather me say, you know, I'm really angry. You know, th this is not a good situation. Which is more respectful? Which is one that's going to call for more of a conversation? If people are intelligent, emotionally intelligent, they learn how to verbally express their emotions without any aggression. That means their adult self says what their emotion is. State your emotion. Don't express it. State it. When you're talking to people, state your emotions. Do not express them. There is no need to express your emotions. And expressing means using more tone, using more physicality, using more energy. That's not necessary. People don't respect that. People respect the words. Use your words. Just speak to the emotion. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm upset. Uh, I'm very happy. You know, you don't have to use your emotions as a weapon. Anger management is, here's another myth, anger management is about learning to suppress your anger. Never getting angry is not a good goal. Anger is normal, and it will come out regardless of how you suppress it. Anger management is about uh, becoming aware of your anger and your underlying feelings and learning how to communicate them before they blow up rather than trying to hold them in, hold them in, and then expect yourself to never express them. They will become you if you just suppress them. And that's why I say learn to talk to your emotions. Why anger management is important, and, and this, is, this is critical. Out-of-control anger hurts your physical health. Constantly operating at high levels of stress and tension is bad for your white blood cell count. You're more susceptible to all kinds of colds, illnesses, Chronic anger makes you more susceptible to heart disease, diabetes, high cholesterol, weakening immune system, insomnia, and high blood pressure. And sometimes people have all of those, and it's just because they're not controlling their anger. Out-of-control anger hurts your mental health. Chronic anger consumes huge amounts of mental energy. It messes up your thinking. It clouds it. It makes it harder to concentrate. You can't see the big picture and you don't enjoy your life. I mean, it also can lead to stress, depression, and other mental problems. Why would a person choose to live in anger? The best gift an angry person can do is learn, go somewhere to get outside the problem. Go to a professional and let them try to help you manage your anger. Out of control anger hurts your career. Constructive criticism, creative differences, and heated debate can be healthy, but lashing out only alienates your colleagues, supervisors, clients, and it erodes their disrespect, their, their respect for you. And, and what's more, you develop a bad reputation, and it can follow you wherever you go, making it harder and harder to get ahead. So if you're trying to get ahead in your career or you're dependent on customers, the worst thing you could possibly do is 
raise the flag that you are an angry person. That is going to cause enormous amounts of trouble. Out of control anger also hurts your relationships. Lasting scars with people you love gets in the way of your friendships and relationships. I can't tell you how many couples I, I hear talk about things that happened 20 years ago and they're still holding on to it because that's the way they personify their partner. That's the way they see them because those anger moments were so strong. And people tend to remember our own our strongest moments. And if anger is your strongest moment, that's going to be the thing that people will remember about you. Uh, and it's especially damaging to children, by the way. And children pick up on that. If they learn that you get your way being angry, they're going to learn that anger is something that they have to do to get their way because all children want power. Now, warning signs. You need to know what those are, and here they are. Pay attention to the way anger feels in your body. One of them is knots in your stomach, clenching your jaw or your hands, feeling clammy or flushed, breathing faster, headaches, pacing or needing to walk around, having trouble concentrating, a pounding heart, tension in your shoulders or your muscles. These are extremely strong warning signs that you are about to blow and you are in a fight or flight mode and you are not a person to be reasoned with. And before you get out of control, the best thing you could possibly do, if you're feeling knots in your stomach, clenching hands, clammy, uh, breathing faster, you know, needing to walk around, starting to pace, having trouble concentrating, Take a time out. Take a time out. And, and if you're 40 years old, take a 40 minute. Take one for every minute of your life before you come back to the issue. Do not open your mouth. Do not say anything. Take a time out and let yourself process and calm down or go to a friend and let yourself express it without hurting anybody else and let them know. Now, here's some tips on how to deal with an angry person. While you can't control another person's anger, you, you know, you can control how you respond. You want to set clear boundaries about what you will and will not tolerate. What many people don't realize in this life is we have a right to dictate to people how they will communicate with us. If they're going to yell and scream, we can tell them, if you choose to yell and scream at me, I'm not going to respond to you. So it's important for us to be able to look a person in the eye and tell them, if you want me to hear you, here's how you need to talk to me. If you don't want me to hear you, I won't put up with the way you're talking to me. We have a right to set those boundaries, but you have to take it serious. If you're going to continue to engage, whatever you said isn't worth saying. Wait for a time when you both are calm to talk to your loved one or your friend or your boss about the anger problem. Don't bring it up when either of you is already angry. If you're going to discuss anger when you're both angry or when one of you is angry, nothing's going to get accomplished. You need to take time get away from it, then sit down at a different point, not when you're angry, when the mood is entirely different and constructive, and have a conversation about the anger. That's extremely important, but so many people, when they're angry, they feel like they have to address it right then and there. Remove yourself from the situation. If the other will not calm down, stay away from them. And I know that sounds difficult. I know some people say they get cornered, but you need to find a way to shut down. And if that means you just stop listening, you sit down, you put your head down, 
You don't look them in the eye. You don't engage them. That may be what you have to do, but you don't want to jump in on their anger. Also, you know, seriously, guys, consider counseling or therapy if you're having a hard time standing up for yourself. You know, it is extremely important to learn if, if you have to deal with angry people, and God knows we all do. And, and, and the other thing is, is if we have to deal with angry people at work, that's even worse because you're there making a living and you're trying to enjoy yourself and you're dealing with a jerk. And, and so bottom line is seek counseling. That's why we have employee assistance programs in many companies. They have that there to help you so that you can go to somebody who can help you deal with the jerk in your life that is causing you to feel frustrated. You know, put safety first also. Trust your instincts. If you feel unsafe or threatened in any way, get away from that person and go somewhere safe. That's very important, especially if it's a safe person. Go to a safe person or place. But but you want to get away from these people. Anger isn't the real problem, you know, it, in abusive relationships. It's the problem is the person that continues to put up with it. So if you're going to be in a life situation and a relationship of any kind that involves anger, it's really the problem is on the person who tolerates it. And you're contributing to it every day that you let it go by. You know, despite what uh, many people believe, domestic violence and abuse is not due to the abusers who lost control over their behavior or temper. In fact, abusive behavior is a deliberate choice for the sole purpose of controlling you. And so you are a contributor by allowing them control to control you. If you're in an abusive relationship, know that couples counseling is recommended and that your partner needs specialized treatment, if not regular anger management classes. And if they're not willing to seek treatment and you feel unsafe, then it is up to you to decide what boundaries you have to put in place to keep yourself safe and away from that angry person. Nobody should spend their life with an angry person their whole life. That is just sad and overwhelming. And it's so sad that children have to spend their life with parents that are angry. That is even overwhelmingly sad to see a child that is abused just because they're having to watch their parents argue all the time. That is a form of abuse called verbal abuse. And if it's not being directed at the children, they're still picking it up. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to explore what's behind anger and some dynamics. We're going to try to solve the riddle of anger, and then we will go on. Uh, so we got another 20 minutes, so come on back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about anger management. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at DRGBMFT for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or DRGBMFT.com. Remember, DrGBMFT.com. 
Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The Boardroom to the Bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Here's some absurd quotes by Anonymous. To err is human. To blame it on someone else shows management potential. Children, you spend the first two years of their life teaching them to walk and talk, and then you spend the next 16 telling them to sit down and shut up. When tempted to fight fire with fire, remember that the fire department usually uses water. (laughs) If you do a job too well, you'll get stuck with it. (laughs) America is a country where half the money is spent on buying food and the other half is spent on trying to lose weight. Boy, do I know that one. (laughs) Okay, here's the deal. We talk about emotional intelligence, and this is a very important uh, thing to discuss. Emotional intelligence comes down to this. When you're a baby, you learn that crying is about the only way that you can get people's attention. The next thing is laughter, and there may be another uh, shouting or whatever. But basically, children have very, very basic emotions that mean a whole lot of things. So when a baby is crying, the baby may be sad, may be tired, may be hungry, uh, may be getting sick. There could be a number of things, but, but crying is the only way that they have to express that. Or Anger may be the only thing they have that expresses that. And so what I'm trying to say is anger is a very primitive emotion that is used to communicate a whole lot of things. So when I see an angry person, what it usually tells me is that they have a very primitive, very childlike, if not baby-like, emotional IQ. They don't have a lot of ways to – they haven't learned to express their emotions in the ways that they are – taught. They don't, they're not even familiar with a lot of the emotions and how subtle they are and how to communicate them. A lot of people walk around with high intellectual uh, uh, intelligence, but they have very low emotional intelligence. That means they just don't know how to express those emotions. And so they go back to the typical things like anger or happy and just the basics. And and they don't get into the more frustrated, uh, you know, the more uh, uh, tired, um, um, lonesome or whatever the emotions may be. They just don't understand how to communicate them appropriately. So they use anger in in a way to communicate a whole lot of things. So when I'm doing counseling with somebody that's angry, what I'm trying to do is understand what they're trying to communicate with their anger. 
And this is a very important point when you're having a constructive conversation with someone in your life that's an angry person is try to understand, let's get down to what are you trying to tell me with your anger? What is it? What is the message? Because the message may be entirely different than the way we're receiving it. You know, it's a, anger is often a cover-up for other feelings. You know, there, there's uh, some people have a very hard time uh, compromising. They have trouble expressing uh, all kinds of emotions, and they have different uh, viewpoints that challenge you. And and when they're expressing with anger. Uh, maybe they're just not being able to put the argument together to actually communicate what they're trying to say. You know, now here's some dynamics of anger. We, can, we become more angry when, when we are stressed and our body resources are down. And this is the truth. You know, if we're stressed out, we are a candidate to turn into an, anger per, an angry person. Also, if we are feeling sick or expended or tired, we also have a tendency to use anger because we just don't have enough energy to be able to find any other emotion. We are rarely, now this once again, this is the dynamics of anger. We are rarely ever angry for the reasons that we think we're angry. The truth is, is that we get thematically angry. And thematically means that this happens over and over and over again. Um, this happened, you know, the other day you didn't hear me and now today you don't hear me and I don't think you've ever heard me. So we have this thematic thing and every time a person doesn't feel heard by that person, they turn that into anger because they don't understand why this person doesn't, uh, doesn't listen. And so instead of, uh, expressing the idea that they are not a good listener and that they would like them to be a better listener and they need to that they start expressing anger at the person telling them see you don't listen to me you don't care about me you don't love me and that's not constructive what we need to get to is what is it going to take for you to sit down and listen to me because i don't feel like you hear me and if we're in a relationship and you can't communicate with me we just don't have anything so we need to learn how to communicate in a way that we're going to hear each other I need a partner like that. And we have a right to ask for that. When, you know, we're also angry, uh, just like a child. When a child doesn't get what it wants, a child oftentimes will use anger to throw that out and express, uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm angry with you because you're not going to buy me this. You're not going to get me this. You're not going to take me to McDonald's or whatever the, the story is. And guess what? If that's how they've learned to, to uh, get what they want and they continue to get what they want and you as a parent reward them for their anger and give in to them because they are angry, we've taught them that you can use anger like that in their adult life. So people will throw temper tantrums when they don't get what they want. And uh, that's called being spoiled and adults can act like children and oftentimes they carry that forward because their parents rewarded them for expressing their anger. We often become angry when we see a trait in others we can't stand in ourselves. You know, if we see somebody that is, uh, you know, whatever, if, if we see somebody that uh, gets something that they didn't work for, and in our life we know we have gotten something that we did not work for, uh, we may feel jealous. We may decide to uh, deliberately uh, batter them. And it, it, here's bottom line. 
usually when people are, and this kind of sounds absurd, but usually when people are accusing someone of having an affair, especially when the facts aren't there and there really isn't evidence, that's because they're the ones that are considering having the affair. And so they'll project, they'll try to deflect their own thoughts onto you rather than take responsibility for what they're actually thinking about. Underneath many current angers are old disappointments, traumas, and triggers. And, and we really have to get underneath that if we're going to manage anger. We really need to understand what those disappointments are, what those traumas are, what those triggers are that may have caused us to feel angry or insecure when we were younger. And sometimes if we can get to those things and forgive ourselves and, and forgive the past, and put it, put it away, we generally can get through anger. Sometimes, you know, we get angry when a current event brings up an old unresolved situation from the past. You know, I can't tell you how many times that, uh, let's say people had affairs when they were younger, and then they, uh, in their marriage, uh, all of a sudden they see their partner looking at another woman or another man, and all of a sudden it brings up the anger from the past of when they got through uh, somebody having an affair or, or whatever. But the, the bottom line is these old hurts can be reopened and all of a sudden the anger will just flood forward and it floods in a big way, believe me. And we often feel strong emotion when a situation has a similar content, words or energy that we've felt before. Now that's, that's a very complex statement but it's important to understand that. We train ourselves, this is how I act under these circumstances. So, you know, we train ourselves, how do we act at a, ba at a baseball game? How do we act in a social situation? How do we act when we're talking to our boss? How do we act in a situation with a customer? How do we act with our children? How do we act with our mother or father? How do we act on the holidays? Well, we also have emotional uh, attachments to the way situations play out. And if we've been in a situation, let's say, where a bunch of people are gossiping about us or whatever, uh, people may remember as a child being gossiped about and suddenly that old behavior is how they begin behaving today and they become obsessed with that. And those childish thoughts come forward because that is where the impression hit us. That's where we learned how to deal with it at that time. What's important about being an adult is you have a choice. You have the ability to actually sit back, look at yourself and go, how am I, am, how am I doing with this situation? Am I doing this the way I learned it or, or am I doing this the way I am today? What you want to do is be the adult you are today. And that's important when you're dealing with anger. You also want to uh, identify negative thought patterns. You know, a lot of people will, once again, look for the themes that make them angry. They overgeneralized. Um, you always, you, you never, uh, when we hear people saying always and never, those are very extreme statements that really are not true. Always and never, if they're saying those kind of things, they're talking in black and white terms, life is not black and white. But the deal is, is that if you're going to overgeneralize, you're going to not just deal with the situation in front of you. Let's say somebody um, puts their car in front of you, so, you know, quickly passes you and kind of puts you in danger in a way. Now, are you going to be angry at all the people that have done that in the past? Or are you just going to deal with the situation and go, shoo, I'm glad I'm alive, you know, glad I'm a good defensive driver. I can't control how everybody does you know, maybe that person's having a bad day. I wish they wouldn't have put me into their day. 
but that's the way it goes when you're out on the road. That's a constructive way. Now, if I'm going to go, people are always doing this to me, cutting in front of me. How dare you do this to me? And all of a sudden, they want to take it out on that person that's pulled in front of them and race them down the highway until they find them. Not a good deal. Not a good situation. So people that have these gen- overgeneralized negative thought patterns tend to, uh, this is when I get angry and this is how I deal with anger. Once they get triggered, they go back to a very instinctual uh, uh, reaction. Also, people that obsess on shoulds and musts, you know, you should talk to your friend like this. You should talk to your mother like this. Those kind of generalities are never, ever, ever constructive. Um, the deal is shoulds and musts, um, you know, uh, uh, Albert Ellis was a great therapist and he's still alive, I think. And he had termed, uh, the, uh, things as, uh, shooting all over yourself and masturbating. <laughs> you know, we got to learn to cool down and here's some quick tips. Focus on the physical sensations of anger. Take it in. Just recognize how you feel. Take deep breaths. Oxygen is your friend. As much oxygen as you can get. Drink water. Drink lots of water. Exercise is extremely helpful. You know, a, a brisk walk around the block is a great idea to do when you are angry. Before you express your anger, take, take that exercise and use your energy and get more oxygen. Stretch or massage areas of tension. This is another way to cool down. Slowly count to 10. And I'm talking slowly, not one, two, three. I'm talking one, two, that kind of account, slow. Also, you know, you want to give yourself a reality check. And, uh, you know, how important is this in the scheme of things? Is it really worth getting angry about? Is it worth ruining the rest of my day? Is my response appropriate to the situation? Is my response even needed? You know, is taking action worth my time? Also, you want to focus on how your life is. You don't want to live your life in an angry state. You don't want to take on anger and resentment. You want to learn how to communicate in a way that you feel you are an adult. So if you look at all of us as people, we have the parent, the adult, and the child in each of us. Now, if you look at two people, parent, adult, child, parent, adult, child, next to each other, Parent on top, adult in the middle, child on the bottom. Person goes, I can't believe you said this to me, this to me, this to me, this to me, this to me. Now, that is a person that is a spouse parenting their spouse. So the, the spouse returns and goes, this is, uh, goes, how dare you talk to me like a child? This is what they're thinking. And then they go, well, you told me you were going to blah, 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 blah. Then the other one goes back, well, how about you didn't address the question? I said this, 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 and you didn't say anything about it. Well, you never say anything about da, da, da. So what they're doing is basically going parent to child, parent to child. And uh, that's inappropriate. We need to talk to each other as adults. If we're going to talk to each other as adults, we need to learn to talk as an adult. And oftentimes people don't realize how much they have to do that in their professional life. But you also have to do that with your family. You have to speak to your emotions 
And that's what I was talking about earlier. And it's extremely important for us to control our lives that way. We can only control our own feelings. We are not responsible for how other people feel. All right, that's our show. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. We're going to talk about the mind-body connection. One is always speaking louder than the other. (laughs) I want to thank everybody for listening. I really would love to hear from you and get your feedback. Uh, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or twitter at drgbmft now remember anger is like peeing on yourself everyone can see it but you are the one that gets the warm feeling that it brings and by all means marry if you get a good spouse you'll become happy if you get a bad one you'll become a philosopher and that came from socrates thank you for joining us on absurd psychology i'll see you next week That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.